fires it. It's a wide open! Remarkable! Touchdown! Buffalo! Davis again! This is... Uh, it just is impossible! Gets out of the pocket. We know how dangerous he is with his legs, and there he goes. Josh Allen, huge run across the 30-yard line. It's two bills in a pod with Daniel Hahn and Jordan McGee on Sports War Radio. And with that, welcome back to another episode of Two Bills in a Pod. Jordan McGee, Daniel Hahn here with you. Uh, we are one week away from today as we record this, March 15th. <clears throat> When free agency officially begins where deals can be signed, but expect this next week to be uh, steaming up with free agency talk. Who's coming? Who's leaving? And all that news and notes. The NFL Combine just happened. Uh, We have 40 times, hand sizes to talk about, uh, so much more. But Daniel, how are you? The Combine is over. Free agency is about to begin. Uh, Things are starting to kind of move towards a direction. So uh, expect here in the next week or so for things to really pick up in terms of uh, off-season news and notes. But how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm like you. I'm ready to turn the page from smokescreen kind of lifestyle. And, and it gets worse with the draft or more fun, depending on your perspective. You know me. I think smokescreen season is hilarious, and I love every minute of it. But you're at the point now where I'm kind of over, like we've been for a while. I'm over, you know, hey, the Titans are shopping Derrick Henry. The Bills are going to trade for him. I mean, again, what, with what money? Let's see what they do. But I'm doing great. It's also March Madness. This is also kind of that mixed in time too that you get your brackets ready, ready to ready to be heartbroken in college basketball. Um, but I'm doing great. How are you doing, George? I am doing great. Some breaking news as we're recording for Syracuse basketball purposes of Jim Beheim. He gone. He loses today and he officially retires. So there's some college of basketball news. Uh so yeah, the old dinosaurs of college basketball are pretty much done. Um, but we're not talking about college basketball. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills in the NFL world. And um, there's some, you know, uh, juicy, there's one juicy tidbit that may or may not be real that we'll talk about here in a minute. Because I, I saw a tweet today uh, attributed to a certain reporter, could not find said information uh, about that. So uh, we'll talk about it here. But you know, free agency starts in a week, or at least I should say that a week from today is when deals can become official, when players can sign, players can agree to deals beforehand. We've already seen some moves happen already. Derek Carr is going to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, there's rumors about Aaron Rodgers to the Jets and this, you know, song and dance. Uh, lots to happen, but uh, for Bill's news and notes, we're just, we're one week away we're I'm approaching free agency with um, my uh, thought is I'm scared, <laughs> you know, considering the bills are very behind the cap. Uh, bills haven't really done anything yet in terms of restructuring deals or much of anything yet. Uh, they will, I imagine, um, do something at some point. Um, but, uh, I'm going into at least the free agency portion of this off season, kind of with the mantra of I'm scared. Cause I 
don't feel warm and fuzzy about the free agency period. I feel differently about the draft, but free agency, I don't feel so uh, warm and fuzzy as to what's about to go down. Well, let's start there. I think that's the key. So let's start with the rumors. And I think what we're going to do for this podcast is mix it up a little bit. We definitely have our My Favorite Mock that'll be in there this time. We'll do some draft breakdown so you can feel good about it. But, you know, the Bills news has been pretty light, but I do want to mix in maybe the around the NFL piece with this Bills portion because everything kind of impacts Buffalo, right? The Bills are a little bit of a deeper team. They have, a, you know, like you said, they're, they're in debt with the cap. They're $17 million over the cap right now. They have some moves to make still to, to get under the cap to do anything, really. Um, but they're going to be very quiet. I, don't, I still would be very surprised if they enter the market for the big fish and it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for them to land one. I mean, Brandon Bean's done some pretty extraordinary things in his time in Buffalo. But it's just not something that I feel like is, is going to be a mainstay or, or what I want to set the expectation of. I'd like to be surprised. I'm not expecting Von Miller 2.0 to come out, you know, the gate here. So let's start with the rumor. The rumor that you're referring to was somebody who issued a Twitter, you know, tweet into the universe that basically said that Adam Schefter was reporting the Bills will not be bringing back both Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds. You've done some research as the good podcast host that you are, and no one on Twitter can find uh, the Adam Schefter reference that that was happening. If he said it on NFL Live, then maybe we'll you know bite our words here in a little bit. But to me, this is still, if he doesn't tweet it, it's not official. Um, Schefter wrote Janowski for NBA. There are certain guys that are just, you know, that is law. Once they tweet it, it's happening. So I'm optimistic that one of them are coming back, but they didn't tag either of Poyer or Edmonds, which means they're not bringing either back to the franchise tag, which you're getting close now to the period of they're going to hit the open market. And at the open market, anything is possible. So while they may not intend to not bring both back, it's possible that both don't return because of the fact once you hit the open market, Tremaine Edmonds, He's negotiating now with every other NFL team. Teams have more money. Teams know the Bills need him and want him, and there's a chance that they're just going to overpay. You live with that to some degree, but it doesn't make it any easier on the Bills side of the house. So, Jordan, what are your thoughts on this kind of rumor that's out there, and do you think the Bills can survive without one of them, um, much less both of them? I think they can survive without Poyer. I don't know if they can survive without both. Because to me, Tremaine Edmonds has to be your priority. Like, what scares me is that we're a week away from free agency, and I'm not hearing anything about any deals being restructured. Like, Josh Allen, if you restructure his deal, you could save, I think, upwards of $15 million um, in cap space. You know, like, that's valuable money that can be used to put this season, to put forward in this offseason to keep Tremaine Edmonds. Um, Listen, I get it. Yes, other teams are going to be able to offer probably more money. I'm thinking like the Chicago Bears, for example. You know, they've got buckets and buckets of money. The Bills are broke, kind of. They don't have money to spend is what I'm trying to say. Um, But I'm I'm not hitting the panic button, but I'm also like we're a week away. You know, t- calls are being happening right now. Teams, we're, everyone's talking to one another. You know what I mean? Like, we're hearing conversations. We're hearing, uh, you know, other 
you know, other teams are talking to one another. Players are talking to other teams. You know, things can be official without being official. So the fact the Bills kind of are been really quiet in terms of not even any movement yet. Again, there's still time for that. You know, it can very well happen um, in a day or so. Um, but losing Tremaine Emmons to me would be a huge blow that they can't, you know, replicate. I mean, you could you could sign a cheap linebacker, but that's not going to replace Tremaine Edmonds. You're, do you hope Terrell Bernard can fill his shoes? That's that's pretty mighty to ask. Um, you know, and that's that's the thing that worries me is that, you know, there's going to be a focus on the offense, and rightfully so, in terms of uh, addressing it in terms of needs and repairs this offseason. But I really, my fear going into the end of this offseason, after the free agency and draft, my personal fear is that they're going to, you know, the balance is going to be overweight. Like they're going to put too much focus on the offense and not enough on the defense. And my fear is that they're going to kind of be like, well, we loaded up on offense and just hope that our defense can do just enough, which again, not super great. Not something that I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's just my inkling and fear um i'm just hoping that the bills will do will try to at least sign Tremaine Edmonds and if they get outbid then they, they get outbid they they understand that's like hey you know if if the bears are offering twice as much as they possibly can then that, at the end of the day there's no, nothing you can do but try but i hope the bills are trying to at least make the effort to try to sign Tremaine Edmonds and do what they can to put them in a position where they can sign him and not just being like well See ya. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. That's just my fear. He's 23 years old. He's definitely your priority. You can live without him and Poyer if it comes to that. You you just have to probably continue to draft. Like you said, Terrell Bernard, he's going to have to develop him maybe a little quicker and be asked to do a little bit more. There are linebackers that were cut from other teams that, you know, would Eric Hendricks want to come over to Buffalo where you have a chance to get to a Super Bowl? Because Josh Allen's your quarterback, the Bills are an attractive team. They're different free agents, especially veterans who don't want to, want to take a discount. But we've seen many, 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 many circumstances where veterans who get cut, they've made their money in the league. What are they playing for at this point? They're playing for a shot at a championship, but they also want to still have a valuable role, still be a starter, still contribute to a high-culture environment. Um, the Bills are attracted to that both, at both positions, linebacker, safety, and many others. So... I'm sure they've been negotiating with Tremaine Edmonds' people. I'm sure they've been negotiating with Jordan Poirier. I think they know ballpark, what it's going to take to bring these guys back. They probably have a game plan, but they're also probably saying, okay, if these guys are kind of slow playing us, you're not going to bid it against yourself. If they want to go to the open market and if they truly love Buffalo and you're getting you know, $15 million a year from both Buffalo and one other spot, are you going to pull Paul Pizlozny and just go to Jacksonville? Or are you going to come back to Buffalo and kind of go that route? So they're definitely there's definitely a worry for me because the ceiling for Terrain Edmonds still hasn't been reached yet. Again, 23 years old. The dude's ridiculously young. He's a freak athlete. He's been a captain for multiple years, highly productive in the NFL. And for the most part, a very healthy player. I don't like the idea of losing two captains on one side of the ball. That scares me. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I don't agree that offense should be the priority. If you lose two captains on one side of the ball, plus your biggest free agent, Von Miller, is there's no guarantees he's ready week one. 
I don't really know if I want to spend a lot of money on offense. And defense looks pretty bare. You know, the cupboard looks pretty empty over there. Um, I'd rather look that route. And the other news that we can talk about, too, that came out this week is what Schefter did report earlier this week. It seems like indications are that Sean McDermott will be calling the defensive plays for the Buffalo Bills, too, this year, um, answering some questions about what they do. That was the pleasure. So your head coach is going to be looking at that side of the ball. Are you going to give him some weapons or are you going to take a lot of weapons away and say, okay, not only coach this team, but go focus on how to develop these young guys and Terrell Bernard's your guy. I like Terrell Bernard. I like a lot of the guys they drafted, but um, you know, you're, you're creating holes with your salary cap. The bills aren't the worst salary cap team in the league, but I'm with you. Free agency is getting closer. I'd like to see that money free up into, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. This week is going to be big for the Bills. There should be a lot of restructuring, but I, I just can't remove two captains from that side of the ball and say, let's still focus on offense and figure out how we get a playmaker. Yeah, no, I, and I, I want to circle back to the point. I don't want offense to be the primary focus. I, I think that it should be evenly so. My worry is that they're going to go too much offense and not enough defense in terms of, uh, what they're addressing. <clears throat> but, I mean, again, Terrell Bernard, again, I don't know. We don't know if he's going to be good enough. Like, is he could be good. He could be. But there's that's kind of a, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to be like, hey, Terrell Bernard, you're taking over for Tremaine Edmonds, a multiple-time Pro Bowler, and uh, good luck. Don't love that. You know, you talk about the safety situation too, right? You know, you lose Jordan Poyer. You know, who who's there? Uh, DeMar Hamlin? Well, he's still recovering from, you know, a cardiac arrest and don't know if he's going to be playing football ever again. Maybe. I don't know. that He's a massive question mark. Um, and then, what, Saran Neal? You know, it's especially in a time when, right, you look at the Dolphins and they've loaded up with Tyreek Hill, right? They're... Aaron Rodgers might be going to the Jets and you have Garrett Wilson and company to have to deal with, right? Uh, That secondary is going to be crucial, you know? So I I really hope they don't lose Tremaine Edmonds. I I think of above all else, even if you do nothing else in free agency, as if they just sign Tremaine Edmonds, I'd be like, you know what? I'm fine with that. if, If that's the only move that they make in free agency, then so be it. You know, that that's fine. But I, I feel like Poyer is definitely going to be gone. I feel like that's a formality. You, it's basically, you're looking at it, who are you keeping? Edmonds or Poyer? Because they can't have both, you know, unless they're willing to take massive pay cuts, which for Jordan Poyer's sake, I don't think is so. I don't think so. He's 32. It's probably his last attempt to get a nice big payday. So I think Poyer's gone. I think it's a formality at this point. Um... But for Edmonds, again, like you said, he's twenty. He's twenty three. For hell's sake! I mean, you gotta keep him. You gotta do whatever it takes. And if that's the only move that they make in the off season, then so be it. But he is so crucial for that defense, and to bring him back is going to be massively, massively huge for the defense. Yeah, and and that takes us to they are still signing free agents. Don't worry, they didn't do nothing, right? They've already done something. And what did they do? They re-signed Ike Butker. Guard Ike Butker comes back to the Bills on a one-year, $1.18 million contract extension. 
So the offensive line is being addressed. They're getting depth. And Nice Bucker, not flashy, but this is a guy who has started. He fits the the culture, the identity of the Buffalo Bills. He can play multiple positions. He's durable. Um, you know, he's not going to solve all of your problems because he's been on the team. It's not like, you know, oh, we have Ike Bucker now. We can run the ball, you know, 30 times a game. Not necessarily, but you know what, Jordan? I feel better that he's back than I do if he doesn't because, again, these are the types of – I'm not saying one year 1.18 is what you're going to get in free agency, but – you and I are expecting a lot of one-year 1.18 dudes. That's kind of what this free agency period is, the, the tampering period that's coming up here soon. Bills aren't probably going to be the uh, main story. If they are, it'd be a shock, and I'll, I'll be accepting for that. But otherwise, I think when free agency comes around, it's going to be cricket, and then it's going to be more Ike Butkers coming out. But either way, I am happy to retain some depth depth of experience, depth in this offense. Um, can't discount that. That's been what the Bills have banked on for a long time. Ike Bucker is back, and, and, and I think it's a good thing, but, Jordan, I'll turn it over to you on this one. You know, I, I Ike Bucker is fine. Hey, love that he's back. But I am I'm totally agree with you, and it's the one-year, $1.1 million deals, which are not – sexy they're not gonna jump off the page you're gonna probably be like who is this person i need to google them um so there's so there's a lot of avenues here right you know the bills are gonna be i i would imagine in this next week week and a half gonna be doing a lot of work brandon bean's gonna you know could we see trades could the bills trade a player or so to free up space or cap space i don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of options and routes that brandon bean could approach this free agency period with but um it's not going to be a lot of sexy hires i mean or like sexy hires sexy signings you know if it's going to be big and splashy it's going to be for tremaine edmonds and tremaine edmonds only you know that's 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 pretty much it you know and then everything else is just kind of one-year deals which you know, hey, maybe guys will take a pay cut to be like, you know, hey, the Bills are a good team. We could, you know, if they're like, oh, Josh Allen's really good, I'll take a pay cut to come to Buffalo to go ring chasing potentially. Um, you know, I- I'm just really not feeling warm and fuzzy about this offseason. You know, if they sign Tremaine Edmonds, I'll be a happy camper. Anything else, you know, it's going to require a lot of work, a lot of, again, restructuring deals cutting players, potentially trading players to free up cap space. Uh, he's going to have to do a lot of work. Uh, Brandon Bean is this, you know, this next week and a half or so. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be, you know, are there certain players that the bills are willing to part ways with in order to free up cap space or get a player in return or so on and so forth. You know, these are the difficult decisions that are going to have to be weighed um, in Orchard Park. So it's going to be sort of like, I'm going to kind of grip my teeth and sort of like, we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, like I'm not, you know, we're not the Bears. You know, the Bears this offseason are like, whoopee, free agency, throw money out to everybody. We're not that. We're kind of, we got to do a lot of budgeting. Uh, and that's a little uh, not fun. 
Yeah, I'm with you, and and there are teams that fit the linebacker. I mean, I'm in Indianapolis, right? And they have a they have a they have a brink truck of money that they can throw at people if they want to. And the idea of Tremaine Edmonds and Shaq Leonard should excite anyone. Think of a linebacker duo, like ooh, that would be nice. But we'll get those. We will get there soon, Jordan. Um, but for now, other things are happening. Cuts are happening. Tags are happening. For, Franchise tags, exclusive tags, restricted tags, non-tendered, all the tags. They're all out there. They're all in play. GMs are doing everything they can to get themselves positioned. And this is where I want to kind of bring the around the NFL section in here, too. You know, normally we would talk about some of these moves that teams have made, some of the extensions. You mentioned Derek Carr. There's others to talk about. This is where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Brandon Bean does right now. This goes back to Josh Allen was the first quarterback from his draft class to sign that massive extension. Baker Mayfield obviously got cut or traded, I should say, whatever you want. Um, he was basically cut for Deshaun Watson. Uh, Sam Darnold didn't pan out. Lamar Jackson is sitting in the wind on the uh, restricted franchise tag where teams now can either sign him long-term and give up two first-round picks to the Ravens to get him, or he's just going to play on a franchise tag. But we knew when Josh Allen signed his contract that over time, his contract would look real nice. It would look real affordable. And that's because quarterbacks kind of just one-up each other. And it literally does not matter who you are or what you are. Big-name quarterbacks that have signed deals this week, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, and Daniel Jones. And Jordan, over the next two years alone, let me run down the top quarterbacks and what they're making over the – and I'm just going to go in order of price tags, right? And this should give you a feel of this is the time to appreciate that Josh Allen contract that you admitted he's going to restructure. But either way, let's, let's enjoy what that contract is now because – the top earner over the next two years at quarterback will be Aaron Rodgers at $101.5 million. Number two, Dak Prescott at $95 million. Number three, Deshaun Watson at $91 million. By the way, I'd take Josh Allen easily over two out of three of those. You can make a debate on Aaron Rodgers, so let's go with age. I'd take Josh Allen over all three of them. Okay. But I digress. Let's continue. Yeah. Number four. Matt Stafford, $89 million. Number five, Russell Wilson, $85 million. Let him cook, baby. Here we go. And by the way, still taking Josh Allen over all those dudes. And that'll be the theme the entire time until we get to Josh Allen because we're not there yet. Number six, Daniel Jones, $82 million over the next two years. Uh, number five, Matty Ice. $74 million. Then you got Kirk Cousins and Jamal Murray. So Jordan, and then Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen comes in ninth over the most expensive two-year contracts of these quarterbacks that are in the league right now. Um, looking pretty good for big baller Bean. Yeah. And Derek Carr signs big deals. Daniel Jones. Dude, Daniel Jones. Let's just put this out here. You could not have had a worse rookie contract than Daniel Jones did until Brian Dayball came in there. And even then, I don't know if they won because of Daniel Jones, but 
dude has parlayed himself into a nice four-year deal. And I want to say it's, what, 150 for him? He got bank. He did. He got paid. And, I mean, listen, these deals, like, right, like, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, Josh Allen's deal is better in terms of the money, right? Especially the Sean Watson deal is, like, it, it's a bargain for a better player. It's insane. Um you know, again, it is sort of <clears> – <throat> that's what happens with these teams and quarterbacks, you know, right? Like, you know, the Bengals have cap space, but not for long because Joe Burrow's going to have a contract deal coming up. And then, you know, similar teams are going to face what the Bills are right now. Like, I, the Bengals are next, you know, because they're going to – how are you going to pay Joe Burrow? How are you going to pay Jamar Chase? You know, how are you going to pay some of these other guys like a Joe Mixon and so on and so forth? The Bengals are going to experience their own cap hell very, very soon because Joe Burrow's going to be like, well, I, you know, I've gone to this. I've gone to a Super Bowl. I've gone to two AFC championships. Uh, where's my money? Um, which he rightfully will deserve. You know, Joe Burrow's going to ask for a massive contract, right? You know, not only, not only that, Jordan, Lamar Jackson still hasn't signed an extension. So right. if you see Daniel Jones getting like 150, Lamar Jackson just needs to walk in there and be like, uh, "Can I get just an even billion? Yeah. Like I don't know what I don't know what the comparison here is anymore for Lamar Jackson and Burrow is going to be a tier above. Yeah, exactly. Like Burrow can, or excuse me, like uh, Jackson could be like, "Hey, MVP trophy. Uh, that should already be enough in terms of money." So, uh, you know, while looking at it and saying yes, the Bills are in a pretty difficult cap situation right now. A lot of these teams, too. I mean, again, if the Jets sign Aaron Rodgers, that's going to sink their cap a lot because Aaron Rodgers is going to ask for a lot of money. So that's going to put a lot of strain on their cap, right? You know, same thing with the Bengals. Joe Burrow has signed a lot of money, um, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So the Bills, yes, their situation isn't great this offseason, but a lot of teams are about to experience the same thing that the Bills are. And uh, you're going to have to pay your quarterback, and rightfully so. Um, but it becomes a lot more difficult to find guys to build around. You can give out contracts here and there, but you're, you know, not all these teams are going to be able to keep these, you know, rookie deals or guys that they drafted. Because at the end of the day, you can only give out so much money to so many players, or you know, so many dollars to, you know, this player and that player before you're like, well, we got to let some guys walk because we just don't have the money to pay them. Yeah, I mean, the Giants, four years, 160 for Daniel Jones, but they can get out of it in two years. You're not signing him to get out of the contract, I assume. They then they give the franchise tag to Saquon Barkley, lock him up for one year and $10 million. The Giants made the playoffs, but they are in a they are very less talent-laden than maybe the Bengals, like you said, who they got a tough decision with Jesse Bates coming up because you got to figure out, okay, that's the top safety in this league, Jesse Bates. You know, again, he's not coming to Buffalo, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. If you can't sign Jordan Poirier, you can't sign Jesse Bates. It's not going to work that way unless he makes some serious concessions and definitely Tremaine Edmonds doesn't come back. But you've got to make decisions because the Bengals are playing with rookie deals. That's a fun place to be for a lot of teams, but eventually that ends. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. The, the Ravens are kind of there right now. They're, they're sitting on their hands kind of like, oh, well, We'll work out Lamar next year. We'll get a franchise tag. We'll see what other people do and give him. Granted, Lamar Jackson is his own agent, I believe, which is also probably slowing this down a little bit. But 
the Bills didn't wait. They they knew what they wanted. They locked their guy up. He wanted to be in Buffalo. He's still in Buffalo. And over time, this is going to be more and more affordable where all of a sudden, now the Bills can invest in places that the Bengals can't invest in because they're spending more on Joe Burrow or the Broncos or the, I won't say the Chiefs because Mahomes is before Allen, but you get the drift. It, it's going to change the landscape for the Bills. you still got to draft well. you still got to retain well, but they might be able to to catch up in some of these uh, elite talent differences where you see the Bengals and they're asking Brandon Bean questions like, why didn't you draft Jamar Chase? And he's like, why didn't it suck bad enough to get Jamar Chase? So you just kind of got to go that route. Um, the other piece of this puzzle that's interesting is the way this week has turned out is what does it do to the Jets? We're not in the around the AFC East section, but Jordan, we're bouncing around here. We're making it work. Derek Carr signs with the Saints. He was kind of flirting with the Jets a little bit, but he ends up in New Orleans, which is a very interesting fit in itself because you're in the NFC South. There's no Tom Brady. We have no idea what Carolina is doing other than Frank Reich letting us all know that he's more of a Bills fan now that he's in the NFC than he was when he was in the AFC. But you're going to probably see Jameis Winston enter the uh, trade free agent market very soon. Um, But that NFC South, Desmond Ritter, I guess. The Falcons cut Marcus Mariota. Um, Carolina has no quarterback. Tampa, not sure what they're doing at quarterback. But Derek Carr goes to the Saints. They're related, as they should be, because on paper, does that move make them a uh, playoff team? Does that move win them the division? Probably. We will wait and see what the other teams do. But Derek Carr goes to the Saints. Now you have the Lamar Jackson piece out there. It's going to cost you two first-round picks to get him. I'll say only AFC East team I'm worried about maybe is Miami because they seem to have like a billion draft picks um, and two first-rounders. You know, ooh, who cares? We found that in the couch. Um, but now it seems like that quarterback market's drying up, and the Jets, are they going to land Aaron Rodgers? They're allowed to talk to him, apparently. He's out of his cave. Um, where does this leave the Jets? Because they still have Zach Wilson. They still claim to stand behind him. And Zach Wilson has already been quoted as saying he's going to give him hell to whoever they bring in to try to beat him out. Um, what does this do for the Jets? And is, it, is it really Aaron Rodgers or bust at this point? It feels like it. I mean, for the Jets' direction of what they want to go for is that they feel like they are a team that is just a quarterback away from competing you know, not only to make the playoffs, but to make a run in the postseason, which they have very well, right? You know, you have both the offense and defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, respectively. Brees Hall is a tremendous running back. You know, they, they've got all this momentum. Um, and if they don't land Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure where the Jets pivot to at that point because – you're not drafting a rookie quarterback because that's not the direction you want to go. Um, you could sign. I mean, you could what? You got to sign uh, a Jameis Winston. That's not going to be. Yeah. He, he, that's not the direction Jameis that they want to go. In New York City. How great would that be? That would be. That would make my life. You know, I I think that uh, I don't know if it's going to necessarily happen, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers is their ticket to. I believe. Any sort of like, okay, they can actually compete because if not, then you do this awkward sort of like, hey, Zach Wilson, hey, we weren't going to trade you. 
you were a quarterback all along, you know, and this kind of, you know, almost like a Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0 situation, which you know you're not winning with Zach Wilson. They they basically, like, as, that's the worst scenario for the Jets. If they don't get Aaron Rodgers and then they're stuck with Zach Wilson, like, it's just going to be incredibly awkward. And that's, like, the last thing that if you're, uh, you know, if you're the Jets, that that's what you want to have happen. That is the last thing you're trying to avoid. If you're the Jets, but if you're this podcast, I would love that. I, I want Jameis Winston to teach Zach Wilson how to eat W's. If you want someone who's <laughs> a leader in your locker room, that guys will get behind, and Zach Wilson is not that clearly. People don't seem to support him. They'd rather have Mike White out there uh, than the Cougar Hunter. I I would love Jameis Winston to go there and be like, this is how you lead. I've been a top pick. I can show you how it's done. Um I, I, it's definitely Aaron Rodgers or bust. It seems like Aaron Rodgers' only play right now, too. It feels like it's only the Jets. And I don't know what it's going to cost the Jets to get Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if the Packers are like, well, don't worry about the draft capital. You're doing us a favor because it's a massive contract. And we have other places to sign, and we like Jordan Love and want to see him before his rookie deal is up. But... It doesn't bother me as a Bills fan, strangely, if the Jets were to land Aaron Rodgers, because I don't know what that would do for them. They do make the most sense for Rodgers. It's a team mostly with rookie deals around him. So his contract is mostly meaningless, right? Like, they haven't made a decision on all these soft gardeners and Brees Halls and all those types of guys. But when they do, Rodgers will probably be in his 40s and retired. So you'll have money there. I would, if I was the Jets, and I'm not trying to let them give them ideas here. First of all, if you're serious about Zach Wilson, like seriously think that he has a future, which Jordan, not looking good after two years, but if you think that he has a future, why are they not in the Jimmy Garoppolo kind of market where, okay, Jimmy's our starter. He's won a lot of games, but he's probably going to get hurt. So Zach Wilson will get another chance at some point to, to like play and it won't be awkward. Jimmy Garoppolo makes a lot of sense to me. They had the LaFleur offense in there before who was from San Francisco. I know they got Hackett now, um, but you want a veteran, clearly. You want someone that thinks you're going to help you win now. In the AFC East, it's going to be Rodgers or a toss-up if you're going to be able to get over the, the Dolphins and Bills. That, that's just my personal take that unless it's Aaron Rodgers, someone of that caliber, and he's playing at that caliber that he can play, it's still an uphill battle probably to get over Buffalo and the Dolphins if you're the Jets. Unless, of course, they have a tremendous draft and they do tremendous things in free agency. Um, So we'll wait and see on that one. But the quarterback market is a moving. Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, is rumored a little bit with Houston, of all teams, is possibly going down there to help shepherd in what might be their kind of first-round quarterback as well. Um, let me see what else I got here. Oh, we mentioned some some cuts. Uh, Eric Kendricks, he was cut by the Vikings. The Rams, they are starting to make cuts as well. We talked about Bobby Wagner got cut as well. Uh, there are some interesting guys out there, Jordan, that got cut. Do, do these guys make sense to you? I, I still think no Tremaine Edmonds, one-year deal. Sign either one of them. I'm good with it. Yeah, this is sort of break the glass in case of emergency um, sort of signing. 
Uh, you hope it doesn't have to resort to that, but Kendricks would be, you know, it would. I'd be like, okay, I don't feel as sad, but still sad, but not as sad. Um, you know, again, these are guys that, again, I feel like would come on a one-year deal who are like, hey, this is my last shot to get a ring. Sure, Buffalo, why not? Makes sense. Um, so we'll see. And then I think that's kind of where if the Bills are going to do some bargain shopping, they're going to look at the cut candidates and being like, oh, well, that's if we're going to find somebody, this is where we're going to kind of, you know, uh, make our money in terms of, you know, finding a guy who just got cut and we can get him on the cheap a little bit. One guy who I don't think the Bills will sign, uh, Miami cut cornerback Byron Jones this week. Um, Byron, big name cornerback from Dallas that they got. Um, lots of money that they gave him. He's going to actually open up $13.5 million of cap space for him this year. But also it was quoted that he may never run again. So big name, but when you get those quotes that it hurts to run, I don't know if I can run anymore. Um, probably not on the Bills' radar as a veteran quarterback to bring in, I'd imagine, but also not worthy for Miami this week. They are, quote-unquote, out of the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. I feel like, or no, Lamar Jackson. There's a bunch of teams that Schefter had to lift off. Hey, Atlanta, not going after Lamar. Miami, not going after Lamar. Carolina, not going after Lamar, which also was weird in itself. Like, why was that, like, a thing to mention because of all the teams mentioned, none of them other than maybe Miami have a franchise quarterback and it's a quarterback driven league that yes, defense wins championships, but to get to the playoffs, you basically need one of those franchise quarterbacks to do it. Yeah. I mean, again, um, Lamar Jackson is the wild card is that technically he did get that deal with the, or they did, did tag him with Baltimore, but he could sign a deal elsewhere and Baltimore has the right to match, yada, yada, yada. Um, Miami being in that conversation was kind of interesting. Again, you're like, you know, we believe in Tua, but also like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Lamar, but we still believe in Tua. Tua's great, but also if we got Lamar, we wouldn't be mad and we wouldn't say no. Um, which, you know, doesn't look like that's happening anymore, thankfully. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting to me. Lamar Jackson is, I feel like he's burned a bridge with Baltimore in a way that I just don't know if he, you know, if, can you bring him back where it feels like there's this animosity between him and the Ravens front office? Like, you know, will another team be back up the Brinks truck to pay him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're in Indianapolis, do you do that? I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, Chicago, they've got Justin Fields. You know, a lot of these teams that have this God, you know, God-like tier in terms of money, how much are you willing to pay? Because if you're going to pay, you're going to really pay Lamar Jackson. And I don't know if there's enough teams out there that are, ready to sort of being like, you know what? Going all in on Lamar Jackson. There are desperate teams, but there's also teams that are like, but our cap space is going to take a, like a shotgun uh, dive if we sign him. It just feels weird. I know we're talking about Lamar Jackson a lot, but but he, he where he goes and what he does impacts the Bills 
massively. There's a possibility, of course, he goes to the NFC. From Atlanta or Carolina, like you've spent worse money on worse free agents. Go get Lamar. Give up your draft capital. You can't draft one of these guys. You you've proven that pretty darn well. You're not good at it. At least Lamar, you know, is a proven commodity. But he can land with the Jets. He can land with the Dolphins. He can land in the Ravens, who are, you know, very talented organization, and they are a team that they're able to run into in the playoffs. I don't know if he can land in Indianapolis. I don't know if he can land with Tennessee. You just don't know, but he is a former NFL MVP, and he's a game-changer when he's on the field, and it impacts what the Bills. I don't say what impacts what the Bills do, because it really doesn't. The Bills are... are I do believe Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are more focused internally, more so than anything going on externally. They're not, they're not reacting to other teams' moves and be like, okay, Jets got Aaron Rodgers. Now we got to go spend big money and find ourselves a cornerback. I don't think they do that. If they wanted a, a defensive back, they'll get one. Um, or they'll try to get one, right? It's not that easy. But Lamar is his own agent. He's making it weird for Baltimore. Baltimore's by far far the best fit for him. They're one of the few franchises that are smart enough to build an offense around him. They are a team that is in the running with the Bengals every single year that Lamar and Joe Burr are on the field together. The Bengals beat the Bills, so I would like to see the Bengals take some losses in the division. I'd like them to not dash from the Buffalo every year. That'd be fantastic, but if there's one thing that thanks Deshaun Watson for, I guess, it's creating this mess because this is all Deshaun Watson's doing. This is all the Browns overpaying for that dude. And nothing makes sense to anyone signing other than being like, I should get more than Deshaun Watson. I didn't, you know, overly massage anyone. Um, <laughs> but Jordan, I will, I will stop there. I think we get the yeah, hint. I, yeah. What? <laughs> Do you get it? Do you feel like I, I'm going? I, I, I'm me? picking up what you're throwing down. Okay, okay. I didn't know if you needed to massage that out a little bit. Uh, okay. But anyway, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Bills for agency. Let's talk more Buffalo here. We want to do our position breakdown to kind of wrap this up, too, as well as my favorite mock. Last week, we hit on tight end. We hit on cornerback. We've done safety. We've done quarterback. Now, Jordan, I'm going to get to some of your favorite places. I know where you're going to go with one part of this. Running back. And then on the defensive side of the ball, because we talked so much about Tremaine Edmonds, let's talk about linebacker. We'll go inside linebacker to start. So, Jordan, running back-wise, I'll give you the outlook on the Bills. Returning to Buffalo, as far as we know, James Cook, who they drafted last year, and Naeem Hines, who they required in a trade. Free agents at the running back position. Tywan Jones, who I feel like is a free agent every single year, but he is a special teamer. He's got one of my favorite nicknames in Buffalo, Crazy Leg. Um, he may be back. He may not be back. But he's not really a running back for the Bills. He's more a special team. And then you have Devin Singletary, Motor, who is a interesting player to talk about amongst Bills Mafia. Is he Derrick Henry? No. Is he pretty serviceable? Yes. Um, where do you stand on this running back room? What do you think the Bills do in terms of they have two on the roster? I think it's safe to assume one at a minimum are added, two probably more likely, um, but they're not shooting up more than three most likely unless it's a special teamer. What are your thoughts on the running back room, kind of the makeup, and then free agents, who do you who do you look at or trademark it, I suppose we should say? I guess I've kind of been pretty adamant on this position for a while, but 
I'm pretty clear in that I don't believe the Bills will be bringing back uh, Devin Singletary. Um, I just don't think that they're they need to address the running game, and I think Devin Singletary has been good, but he hasn't established himself as a real threat in the running game um, in terms of being a number one guy. Um, so I think that's why he walks. I don't see the Bills going after in terms of free agency. I mean, the one guy that might be, and it kind—I don't know if it's a—it's a, it's not a total stretch, but it's also not like easy. You know, a Miles Sanders, he might command like a seven million cap hit, which isn't terrible. The Bills could work with that, but I don't—I don't see them doing that. I feel like they want to sign a guy who's a or get a guy who's a true number one. I mean. The the rest of the list isn't sort of sexy. I mean, maybe a cheap Marlon Mack deal. I don't know. A lot of the guys don't inspire confidence per se. Um, I guess Miles Sanders is the one name that I'm like, if they do go after in free agency, which again, I don't think they are, he might be someone that is of note. But again, I really don't see them addressing this position in free agency, to be specific. I agree. Devin Singletary coming back would not surprise me one bit. He's going to fit the affordability. He knows the offense. You can do a lot with him. And when we talk about potential trade targets, you get into, like, are they going to trade for Dalvin Cook or trade for Derrick Henry? No. I mean, yeah, they'd be better with either one of those dudes, right? Like, yeah, of course. If you want to just give me Dalvin Cook, I'll take that. But you're not a 30-running attempt offense. You're not going to be an offense where Derrick Henry can wear down defenses. You don't necessarily – you haven't proven you have the offensive linemen to to bulldoze defensive linemen to create holes for those guys. Do they make you better? Yes. So I'm not – but there's a cost. Right. I mean, those are the most expensive options, even in the trade market, because you're giving something up, you're putting them on your books, um, and you're not going to use them maybe in the way that's most ideal to their success. Free agent wise, you know, if you look at Spot Track, Devin Singletary's around that three to five range. I'm looking at other people around that range. It, I don't think it happens, but if it did, Jordan, my, my, I would focus on Jamal Williams, free agent running back from Detroit. Um, he had a pretty monster year, 4.1 yards, attempt, over 1,000 yards rushing this year for the Lions. They'd probably try to bring him back. You know, again, another team that's got a lot of young players. They haven't spent a lot in free agency. Why would they not bring him back? He's been playing behind DeAndre Swift, but, but that was a pretty electric duo between Swift and Jamal Williams. At times, Jamal Williams looked like he was more important to those games than, than DeAndre Swift. The only negative, Jordan, uh, my man Jamal Williams, he's been fined a couple times for excessive celebration. Uh, he's known to gyrate the hips when he scores, and he only gets so many thrusts in the NFL before that's a flag. He's going to have to watch those gyrating hips if he was the sign. But, but I'm with you. I, free agency, probably they're going to bring somebody in. I, let me just sign up for Taiwan Jones coming back most likely because you can't get rid of the cap down special teams. That's what the team does. But otherwise... There's no game changers on this free agent list that's like, wow, I really want to get X player. David Montgomery's out there. Okay. 
but is he the same as Devin Singletary? I kind of think so. Um, Giovanni Bernard, he's been a role player as well, but you go back to the draft probably. That's that's probably where you're going to go, which is not what Bills fans want to hear because they spent a lot of third-round picks on draft on running backs for the last few years. They've done it with Devin Singletary. They've done it with Zach Moss. They've done it with uh, James Cook. And now, Jordan, we get to the draft and the potential running backs in there. Will they go third round running back again? Or do you have another <laughs> name that is just a little bit in the draft? <laughs> Bijan Robinson, Bijan Robinson, Bijan Robinson. Did I say Bijan Robinson? I meant to say Bijan Robinson. Um, Bijan Robinson, Bijan, listen, uh, Dijon for Bijan. I'm just saying, Buffalo would be very wise to come up with a condiment for him. Uh, Bijan's Dijon, I think, is a marketing opportunity of its own right. Um, Listen, I am banging my fist on the table for Bijan Robinson. He had a really nice uh, scouting combine. Um, Dude looks like he could be a real nice guy. I think he ran like a 4-4-6-40, which his size are like, oh my god, that is amazing. Um, But... If the Bills were to take someone not named Bijan Robinson, I would Jamar Gibbs would also be interesting um, from Alabama. Um, and then if you're going later round, I would maybe take a look at maybe Sean Tucker from Syracuse or Zach Evans from Old Miss. But I mean, I, I am I am squarely on the Bijan Robinson bandwagon. Like I am, I I am pounding my fist on the table the mock drafters seem to you know be agreeing with me and that Bijan Robinson to the Buffalo makes a lot of sense um he's just he's a special kind of running back that I really think is going to transform this Bills offense I really really do will they get him well time will tell yeah Mm. Listen, I'm holding out hope, okay? I'm holding out hope because I I feel like the past three years I've wanted a running back that I wanted and a team has taken him before the Bills. So maybe this time will be different. I don't know. I just hope they don't make me sad, which they probably will. But I, if I manifest something enough into the universe, I think it can happen. So Bijan Robinson's going to be a Buffalo Bill. I'm going to manifest it until it becomes reality. Well... It feels like another Travis Etienne year, right? Like, it feels like the first running back on the board is probably going to fall, 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 and you're going to get high hopes. And then, like, 20, someone takes them, right? Um, there's there's so many. This type of running back, you look at what they can do in the league, especially when you look at the two Super Bowl teams and what they got out of the running back position this past year. I just don't follow the narrative of you can't take one in the first round. If the right one is there in the first round and you know how to utilize that skill set, you go for it. Bijan Robinson does everything you want a running back to do. And those teams in the basically 15 or after, I think it's fair game. Even higher than that, sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we talked about the Falcons not interested in Lamar Jackson. They have Desmond Ritter. Cordero Patterson's not getting younger. I mean, that's a game changer for their offense to put along with Kenny Pitts and um, – Drawing a blank on their wide receiver, but they got another big wide receiver um, this past year in the draft. So they have, he's a name that fits. 
Jameer Gibbs, you mentioned, he had the second fastest 40 time amongst the running backs. That can only be good things for him to maybe sneak into a round two. I won't go on the B. John Robinson. I feel like that's a slam dunk. If he's there with the Bills in the first round, you take it, you, 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 know, you do your hand clap, you're like, all right, done here. Good job, everyone. High five. Um, but other names are interesting. Based on the combine results only, I need to watch some film on Auburn running back Tank Bigsby. First of all, not just because the name Tank Bigsby, Jordan, which I am real excited about. I, I love that name. Four, five, six, forty, not that impressive, but he was in the top ten amongst forties of the running backs that ran. But when your name is Tank, you have high expectations for me. He also finished number three at the combine in, in bench presses. So he knows what to do. Yeah, running fast is one thing, but with your name like Tank, you shouldn't be the fastest. And he wasn't, but he was still in the top ten. But he was in the top three of bench press reps, and that's where I want a guy to be. So I don't know much about Tank Bigsby, but his combine performance alone makes me think, let's go look at some Tank Bigsby film and see what he brings to the table. Because James Cook can, could be a primary ball carrier. Naeem Hines, clearly a primary pass catcher. Both those guys got breakaway speed. What does Tank Bigsby bring to the table? Maybe that power that you're missing, um, the new Derrick Henry, whatever you want to call it. But, but also looking at third round, because that's where the Bills want to go. Uh, third round guys, I'm also going to kind of take a look at too. I'm a big fan of Muhammad Abrahim from Minnesota. This guy put up monster numbers, over 1,600 rushing yards last year. Um, just an insane amount of production at Minnesota, a program that plays in the Big Ten. They're playing against defensive talent that are going to the NFL. Not maybe the best talent at Minnesota, but you know, younger runner back, running back. Massive numbers. I also really like Muhammad Abrahim from Minnesota would be another guy that I will take a look at as well. All right, Jordan, let's move along here. Let's go to inside linebacker. And for the Bills, um, you know, there's some names out there, I guess, that are free agents that are important, like Tremaine Edmonds and (laughs) Tyler Medikevich, another big-time name as well for special teams. Special teams looks like it's taking a hit when just in today's position analysis alone. Jordan, I they're going to bring at least two guys in. That's the minimum of this position. Do they bring both of those guys back? Do they let one of them walk? What are your thoughts on the returning free agents? I know we talked about Tremaine Edmonds. That's the one we're slamming the table on. So for this one, Tyler Medikavich, do you think he comes back or do you think they just add a different body back there? I think they might just add a different body. Um I don't know how the team feels about Tyler Medikevich in terms of the importance of him. Um, but if I'm looking at, okay, I, I'm looking at this in terms of, okay, if the Bills do lose Tremaine Edmonds, who can you go out and get? You know, maybe a, a Kyle Van Noy, maybe an Anthony Barr. Uh, the names aren't fun when you look at them. Uh you go down the list, bring back AJ Klein, maybe. Uh, the the options are um, rather unappealing um, in terms of bargain linebackers. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just 
maybe Zach Cunningham. I don't know. I just really hope that they bring back Tremaine Edmonds is all I'm saying because I'm looking at these options and uh, they're not great in terms of finding a replacement for him. I mean, Michael Kaiser is out there. Right. He was a important player back in the day. Yay. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, you know, yeah, I agree. Drawing bring Tremaine Edmonds back is priority. Tyler Medicaid was primarily a special teamer, but he did spot start a few times. He subbed in at times. Um, you know, the the best name on here that I would be kind of excited about would be a Devin Bush from Pittsburgh. But again, that's in the world where you don't bring back Tremaine Edmonds. Um, for agency, there's a, there's guys who want to start. Not many guys who just want to hang out and play special teams and do their thing. So Tyler Medicavich, he might come back. There might be a situation where you're bringing in a Gerard Davis again, going to Detroit, thinking of people who are reserve players that can help you out but have started at different times. I think those are all possibilities. Anthony Walker Jr., another lower-level free agent that you know might get a higher payday, but then that takes us to the draft. I don't really want to rely on another inside linebacker in the draft. I don't believe the Bills will draft another inside linebacker. Like you said, they got Terrell Bernard. They did the Baylor Spectrum thing last year as well. Hopefully they just bring back Tremaine Evans, but there's really nobody on the inside linebacker list for the draft that's like, that's a first-round player. Yay! There are guys that are interesting. Jack Campbell from Iowa. Noah Sewell from Oregon. Those are two guys that, okay, they could develop into some really good players, and you're on a defense in Buffalo with a coaching staff that is really good at developing young players. I could see either one of those guys coming in um, day two, not day one, and getting a chance to develop, but I don't want to necessarily rely on that right off the bat. Long-term, I'll just throw some other names up that, that played well, the combine as well as some names that you might see day three, if they can do special teams as well. Cam Jones from Indiana had a pretty fast 40 times from the inside linebacker position. If you're replacing Tyler Medicaid, you have to play special teams, so let's assume 40 times matter. And why not? We, you and I love Cincinnati people. Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati is a senior. He fits the MO of what the Bills look for in scouting. Last name, but my favorite name on this, I can't decide, Jordan, if Dax Holyfield is my favorite name out of Virginia Tech or author James Patterson from Buffalo. I can't decide if I want those two just mm-hmm. for the name alone, but either way, um, I really don't want to draft a linebacker because I hope Jermaine Edmonds is back. You've drafted linebackers somewhere often in the past. Don't do it, but if you lose them, day two is where you're going to try to address it, and that, that feels just like it's Jack Campbell or Noah Sewell and, and nobody else. Yeah, I mean... Like you said, Drew Sanders from Arkansas could also be another one, too. I mean, uh, or Henry Tolotolo from Alabama. I, you know, had to take a shot. Well done. Yeah. I, I think I got it. I think I was close. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. We'll, we'll find out if he gets drafted. Um, you know, the linebacking group this year is kind of weaker compared to other classes. So, like, I feel like these are guys who are going to be early round two picks. Um I don't think there's a guy that you would necessarily have right now would take round one. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, I feel like if the Bills are going to go for linebacker, they could get a guy in round two. 
like you said, Noah, Noah Sewell, Henry Tolotolo, Drew Sanders. I feel like these guys could be a round two pick that the Bills could pick up if they really want to get a linebacker to potentially replace Tremaine Edmonds. Um, so, again, I don't see them really... I, I, I Okay, I will backtrack. I don't... I don't not see them addressing this in the draft, but I don't think it's going to be a really high priority. I think it's going to be like a, a late day two, early round, early day three kind of pick um, if they're going to address that position. Yeah, it'll be primarily special teams focused like it's been in the past. Um, all right, Jordan, let's go to my favorite mock. We skipped this last week, so we'll get to the same one we said we're going to do last week, and that is from USA Today. It is Michael Middlehurst. Schwartz, what a name. Um, he's got a mock draft up. He updated it on March 1st. Looks a little dated, but it's still what we're going to go with because we had it prepared for last week, and we'll wrap up the podcast this week with this mock draft. First and foremost, number one, Chicago Bears going with Will Anderson, linebacker from Alabama. Again, if you're not doing trades in your mock drafts, probably Jalen Carter's out for now. Let's just put that out there. So Will Anderson seems like he's the pick. Bryce Young to Houston would be the first quarterback off the board. Cardinals, they would do Jalen Carter from Georgia. And then the Colts, they would go C.J. Stroud from Ohio State at four. And at number five, they have the Seattle Seahawks going with Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Seahawks got their quarterback at Geno Smith, so they're probably out of the quarterback market as well. Devin Witherspoon at six to the Lions, the first cornerback off the board. And then it gets funky with seven, the Raiders going with Will Levis from Kentucky, eight, Miles Murphy, defensive end, Clemson to the Falcons, nine, Anthony Richardson of Carolina from Florida. So I'll pause there. Top nine, four quarterbacks. Maybe it happens, Jordan. Maybe there's a lot of quarterback needy teams that, sure, I guess, but this is not like that slam dunk quarterback class or year, this seems like a recipe for disaster for several people if this were to. I mean, okay, so I feel like a lot of this is pretty standard for the most part. Um, Anthony Richardson's the interesting wild card because he had a really strong combine and he seems to be moving up in terms of other people's, you know, evaluations and mock drafts. So, Anthony Richardson's interesting. He's got a big size. He's got that NFL prototypical size. Very athletic is what we saw at the Combine. So, you know, does he rank above C.J. Stroud? Does he rank above Bryce Young? I don't know. Um, it, it kind of remains to be seen. But I feel like that top 10 for the most part is pretty solid. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty convinced that I think Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, I'm going to put Anthony Richardson in that conversation of the three quarterbacks going in the top 10. Will Levis, you know, you know him better than I do. He seemed all right. I'm not convinced he's a top 10 guy, but again, like you said, there's a lot of needy teams and, you know, they'll go go for potential and frankly, just anything that breathes and walks and has hope at quarterback. You can say what you want about my Kentucky roots. I'm going to throw this out there right now. Will Levis is going to be better than Anthony Richardson no. easily. Um, both of those guys we already knew were going to be combine warriors, right? Like you get them in shorts and a t-shirt doing just athletic stuff and not actually playing quarterback. 
they're going to do some things. And they both look pretty good. Well, Levis has some zip. He has a big arm. Richardson, big arm. The tape, they're very inconsistent. And it, it is going to come down long-term to who drafts them. If you get Josh McDaniels, which one of these quarterbacks is he able to develop one of these raw, raw quarterbacks? They have all the talent, Jordan. They have all the athleticism, the size, the arm strength. Someone's going to have to help them put it together. And there's no guarantees that they land in the right spot with the right stability to do that. So it is always going to be iffy, but I wouldn't draft Anthony Richardson in the top 10 based on what he did in college. Probably wouldn't draft Will Levis in the same boat based on what they did in college. But Anthony Richardson was very sporadic at times and, and terrifying where he just kind of goes in, improv. But either way, not our problem. Bill's got a quarterback. We good, yo. So let's continue. More quarterbacks to marry because they're not drafting one when they get to their pick. Number 10, the Eagles going with another cornerback out of cornerback this time, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Then a slew of offensive linemen go. 11, the Titans take a lineman. 13, the Jets take a lineman. 14, the Patriots take a lineman. Michael Mayer, the top tight end going 15 of the Packers. Curious if that's high or not. But then you got to run a cornerback. Joey Porter Jr. is off the board. Kaylee Ringo going to the Bucks, making my way down. Then finally, a wide receiver is off the board. Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC, goes to the Chargers at 21. Um, if no wide receivers go until then, I'd be thrilled. Um, Jaguars taking Luke Musgrave from Oregon State at 24. Interesting. Quentin Johnson, who's been rumored as the top wide receiver to, from TC, goes to the Giants at 25. Cowboys, Jackson Smith, wide receiver from Ohio State at 26. And then you get the Bills at 27. And Jordan, spoiler alert, we previewed running back. And there he is at 27. This mock draft has Bijan yes. to the Bills. It only took four quarterbacks, two tight ends, and all the wide receivers to wait until now. Jordan, what are your thoughts on this mock draft now that you've seen it? Love it. Love Bijan. I love it. Bijan Robinson all day, every day. We're not dipping our wings in Buffalo sauce. We're moving it in Bijan's Dijon. Okay. Marketing it now. Anchor bar. Be ready. It's happening. Bijan Robinson's going to be a Buffalo Bill. We manifest this, folks. Manifest it. Speak it into existence, and it will happen. I'm glad you're excited about it. I, I just look at this and think. Three tight ends in the first round, four quarterbacks in the top ten. If that's what it takes to get Bijan, I hope it happens. But uh, I, no, I no, I can't see that happening. I, I need to look at these tight ends a little closer and be like, ooh, maybe we should be looking at tight end here. But no, Bijan at the Bills again. If he's there at twenty-seven, you gobble him up. You take the phone call. You just. Put it in there. Even if you re-sign Devin Singletary, we'll figure out what to do after the fact. But getting a playmaker that can create on their own, I think, is very critical. Brandon Bean said so much. They're looking for guys that can break away at different times and, and, and really not take that burden off of Josh Allen. If he has to be perfect to win games, it's, a, it's just a bad recipe. He does it a lot. He plays hero ball a lot. But, man, he gets, he gets beat up a lot. He gets worn down a lot. He has off games just like everybody else. It would be nice to have more safety nets that can create on their own 
and be a valve where he doesn't have to throw it 40 yards to Gabe Davis, who may or may not have a 50% catch, catch you know, percentage. Have a check down, have a guy he can create out of his own if the offensive line is not there. Bijan Robinson does a lot of that. I do like the idea of Bijan coming here, but in terms of this mock draft, Jordan, I, I, maybe I'm going to eat my own words here, but again, four QBs, top 10, three tight ends in this first round, not feeling it, not feeling this mock draft for realism, but honestly, we'll see what happens. And that's really, that's all I got for this episode in terms of just looking at that and really need to go back and watch some tight end film and feel like I missed something. Well, that will do it for another episode of Two Bills on a Pod. Tight ends are going to be a theme, apparently, in this draft. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, again, we're on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio at Two Bills in a Pod. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Two Bills in a Pod. Uh, Daniel's on Twitter at Greybeard Han. Me, Jordan at Osgie44. We'll talk to you next week, and we will talk to you about free agency. What will happen? We'll find out. See ya.